Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, June 8th. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with us always, we've got Brother Dukes coming from, uh, looks looks pretty, uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it tropical, but you look like you're in a nice little change of location, certainly better than uh, the smoke-infested New York City right now. So Dukes, how how we feeling? Where are we at? We're in the Isle of the Palms, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, beautiful week here, but let me tell you, it was a beautiful weekend for lacrosse in Albany, in the capital region. Uh, back-to-back trips, but um, yeah. Uh, thought that the Bar Down Beer Garden was very successful. I thought Albany in general was very successful. And we just saw the numbers come out, what, 782,000 peak views on ABC. PLL's killing it. The momentum from the Final Four carrying over. So. It was a great time for Lax, and uh, I'm happy to see the PLL get some of that bump. Yeah, so, I mean, over 700,000 people watching. I think that there was uh, there was one game in, I, I think, the, the season opener um, had, like, something like, might have been, like, 400-some thousand people wa- watching that game, uh, which made it, like, the most watched regular season uh, pro lacrosse game ever. So big numbers there for the PLL, obviously getting those games on ABC, the opening weekend, pretty huge. Uh, like we talked to when, when Larkin was on a couple weeks ago and we're talking about, you know, what cities should end up getting, uh, should be hosting the, the PLL teams. Right. Like he, he had mentioned, you know, like there's a difference between wanting to put it in a city where you know that you're going to get fans in the building and then wanting to put it in a city where you know that you're going to get eyeballs on the screen, like the broadcasting rights, like ABC and ESPN pumping a lot of money into pro lacrosse. So like the broadcasting rights are probably a little bit more important right now than ticket sales. I would say like ticket sales obviously boost the juice in the barn. Right. And like you want a good atmosphere, especially for the players. Like I feel like the the players are always going to put on a little bit of a better show when there's some energy in the building uh, as opposed to just like showing up and playing in front of like friends and family. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if we keep getting those numbers uh, for, you know, streaming, watching, however the hell they're, they're calculating those numbers, that's, that's big time for moving forward. Right. And I even saw like some people just like, just like firsthand take, uh, I, I don't know who's getting fired at ESPN, but I think somebody had a bad angle, like where it looked like the stands were empty. From all accounts, that place was not empty. Like, I thought it would be a a couple less people than last year, and last year was sold out. No, there there was more people this year. Like, both sides of the – because last year was so sunny and nobody wanted to stand on the far side of the stadium, so people were even leaving. The fact that it wasn't hot, both sides were packed, Grass was packed. So many kids in the premier zone. Um, so, yeah, like I got a couple of people asking me, no, packed as shit. Uh, great, great weekend. Um, but, yeah, I think when, when, when you're going, you're just talking quick on, on like cities and stuff, and you see that they're trying to do regions and stuff. I don't know if you saw that on the PLL votes, but like going like New England, all right, fine. Uh, New York, California, all right. My takeaway would be, if you're going to do full home-based model and you're going to be the New York Lizards and they bring back the Lizards or something, right? Okay, when you have eight regular season home games, do four games in Albany and then do four games in Long Island. If you're going to do New England, do four games at uh, like in Boston, four games in Connecticut. Like that way, you know, the, you go to, you, you please both sides. I mean, and then if the more if the demand grows, where you're like, no, I want eight. I want eight team. I want eight home games in Boston. Then you can do an expansion team. But for right now, I think that's, uh, you know, a, a model that could work. Or like the California Redwoods, where it's like they play some games in San Francisco, same some games in Cal- uh, San Diego. So I, I think that's a model that uh, that, that they, they should look into. Um, that's, a, that's a big brain take out of you, Dukes. I like that. Yeah, I'm and I just that. think don't going just by regions because then you could, like Larkin said, you you kind of get like you, you know. That, I know he's, he brought up Atlanta. Okay, yeah, but like, how many people really show up for Atlanta? So maybe getting some some cities into that, like if it's just south, I don't know, whatever. Like I'm trying to think, like Dallas, the Dallas market with the Atlanta market. I don't know how it goes, but yeah, that that's that's kind of my take. Um, for also just like it was a great weekend of camp. Um, I, I just watching the pros practice, like I, I could do it every single day. 
just wa- like watching them shoot, um, just like getting a tan on and just like wa- watching lacrosse is Dude, like like even even getting a chance so to fun. just like hear the ball like coming out of their stick, right, like it, right. it just like it sounds so much different than anything else that you'd be used to. Watching Mac O'Keefe shoot the ball is so sick; it's orgasmic. Like you you just you just sitting you sit there and just watch him sling it, and he makes it look so easy. Um, just such a, like visually pleasant guy to watch, watch shoot the lacrosse ball in the back of the net. Yeah, it was um, definitely nice to see uh, the the bunk bed boys 2.0 uh, right. on that Archer's D, uh, offense finally uh, get a chance to to piece it all back together, run it back from the 2019 Penn State team. Uh, we saw, I mean, you, especially you heard in the mic'd up segment how pumped uh, Grant was to finally get that first assist to Mac again. Uh, Kid sounded like a little kid on Christmas. It, I was uh, so Mac. I, I played. I played with Mac. We were on the same summer team growing up, and his dad was my coach. And it, it, I was watching the game actually with his dad. I was like, "Yeah, like I, I think Mac. Like I'm so pumped for Mac to be playing attack again, getting a lot of shots in." It's like, "Yeah, he'll probably probably get some more touches." Blah blah blah. And the thing was like, <laughs> in the first quarter, Mac was just firing, firing a lot of some deflected shots. He had like seven shots in the first quarter alone. He's like, "I think they." got to be a career high joe, joe yeah. keeps crunch joe keeps crunch the numbers it was like and then you looked at the end of the game like the amount of touches he's getting the amount of goals blah blah, blah. it's nearly being quadrupled and yeah like mac had a great game three goals and i think he's just getting started um i think that like that wasn't even his best shooting performance that he knows he could have um i think i think big things are coming for mac Especially have, when you have, have we have we gotten an update on uh, on on Grant on what's that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was gonna say is that on his injury, supposedly it's not as bad as last year's, but they're gonna play it out through the week. But just going off that, it's like okay, yeah, like Grant Amon's one of the best passers in the world, and he's Max's teammate, right? But you do, on the other hand, you have two other great passers and two facilitators in a Matt Moore and a Tom Shriver. So the fact that you have all these weapons around the greatest shooter in the world and Grant Amit when he's healthy, like it, it's just, I think that Mac is, is going to have a, uh, a sick season and talking about six seasons, talking about goals. What a weekend for Ryder Garnsey. Find someone hotter in the country and I'll call you a fucking liar. I mean, for Ryder to do what he did. Um, so Ryder Garnsey, Monday, Monday afternoon, pretty pretty late into the afternoon, right? Because uh, so what the national championship game that was a one o'clock game on Monday. By the time you know Notre Dame was done cutting down the nets, uh, you know taking all their photos and and getting uh, all the media out of the way, like they probably didn't make it to the parking lot at Lincoln Financial Field until sometime around like four thirty five o'clock. Ryder Garnsey put in a shift in, in the, in the post game tailgate in the parking lots uh, in Lincoln financial field. And that was so Monday afternoon bleeding into Monday night. I'm sure that he had himself a Monday night to be able to then go from that Monday night to making the trip up to Albany and playing a game on Saturday and not just playing a game, but putting in six goals and I, I want to say he had just nine shots too. So, so six out of nine, pretty nice out of, out of Ryder. Um, yeah. Un, unbelievable. And just dude, the goals that he scores, it's, it's just time and time again, where every like Ryder Garnsey is the classic. You're the coach on the sideline. Like you're screaming, no, 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 no. Yes. You yeah, know, like, yeah. And I, like everything about it is like just absolute chaos nonsense. And then the ball's in the back of the net. I even like Rex Road, like as a player, but I, there was like a point where he like was trying to talk shit to Ryder, and I was like, bro, this is your daddy. Like, like you just—it's one of those games, and I'm sure Rex Road will have a game where he owns someone and he can be the guy's daddy. But like for this game, just like shut up and take the back seat. Like this—this this is Rogers' day. I just saw like like some chirping where I was like, dude, wh- in what world do you think you could chirp right now? The guy has six goals. I, I, I think I it was the one. It was, it was the one where Ryder, um, so so Ryder. Ryder yeah, Ryder, that one. Ryder, so Ryder might have hit him with it with a too small, um, but no, there, there was one where uh, so Ryder got yeah. it was the so, goal. So there, the goal. Yeah, so, so there was there was a hold, and then there was like a 
maybe like an unnecessary hit. Oh, so right. Yeah. Ryder scored. And then like right after the ball ended up in the back of the net, I think that was Rex road just coming in and like crushing them or someone came in and crushed them and then Ryder popped right back up. And then they were kind of talking shit in each other's right. face. Uh, then like the goal got wiped off the board because of a uh, crease violation or something. And then it, it was a whole big ordeal, but yeah, I mean, at that point, Ryder was already owning Rex Rhodes life. Uh, so at that point, like I, I get, yeah, maybe you want to kind of stand up for yourself, make a bit of a statement, but really, really tough look to be the guy who's talking shit after a guy just hung a six spot on you. Yeah, exactly. And like, and just, just in general, it's like so hard to go off like who had the best weekend. Is then you like feelsy? What a homecoming for him, going down to attack, taking down that, taking that third spot. So, um, like, I mean, how about how about, how about the rookies coming coming alive in week the one? Rookies, I mean, we, I mean, we, we got, you had the best weekend. Well, I mean, the first weekend. off, I, we got to start off with friend of the program, the Misselberger, Mike Sisselberger, going eighty percent at the faceoff stripe. Uh, also pitching in a goal and an assist yeah. in his in his pro debut, helping the Archers get that win there. Huge game out of the Misselberger. Uh, we saw a pretty solid game out of Tucker Dordovic. Uh, he had what I think he had two goals. Think think he leads the league right now. I think he had thirteen shots on the day. So Tucker Dordovic get definitely. Uh, De- definitely going just loading up on on quantity uh and you know with the shortened shot clock it's not a bad call um sam hanley getting getting a big goal there and then obviously d3 legend cross ferrara uh i i don't know if dukes if, if you'll put this in on the youtube uh but i'll try to make sure that i remember to splice in the uh the call on that cross ferrara game-winning goal with just six seconds left to take down the whip snakes uh right before he starts his dodge to take this one to the rack. Paul Kark, all-time mush job, says on the broadcast, uh, you know, the 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 Chrome, they've got another timeout to work with. I don't know why they're not taking this timeout. I mean, you don't want Cross Ferrara making that last play. Cross Ferrara, D3 legend, just you know, he was he was what? He was an exactly a week removed from leading Salisbury to a national championship. Steps out on that field, delivers a dagger right in right in Kark's face, uh, right in the whip snakes grill. Uh, I, I put that out on Twitter, and then like, so I said the the amount of D three disrespect from Kark is laughable here, and I, I use laughable for a reason because I, I like I thought that it was funny. Um, of, I think of, Kark of would tell you that was funny. I think that Kark would tell you that he was funny, that it was funny as well. I will say there was a lot of people picking up my tweet and being like, like, this is so like fucking outrageous. Like Kark's a joke. Like the, the broadcast team is a joke. I want to say right loud and clear right now, there's nobody in the business right now better than Kark. I like, like Kark is, is the guy when it comes like Kark, Anish, Boyle. Um, and, and I'm even coming around on Quint these days. I, I, I love Quint for who he is. But like that group of guys, right Cotter. There, yeah, Cotter, Cotter's good. I mean, dude, Cotter also has the biggest fucking biceps in in broadcasting right now. Like, I'm saying yeah. I like Cotter because I don't want him to beat him up if he ever sees me. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, can we Cotter, please, please put in Cotter Cotter, in that conversation. Cotter, Cotter could just fucking smash your skull into a million pieces if he kind of just squeezed it like a nutcracker between his forearm and his bicep. He's a right. maniac. Um, but yeah, so I do want to say, like, listen, tough. Tough immediate look for for Kark having to eat those words. As soon as Cross Ferrar scored the goal, even Kark said, "Like wow, like yeah, I, eat I, your I, words, I, Kark. Yeah, eat, eat, eat your word. Like he he knew that that he messed that one up, and it, there was no ill will towards it, but it's just like a, a, a funny thing to say. And as a as a D three by choice guy, got a got him by choice. Uh, was was great to see Cross stick that one. We need to get Jake Marsh on. I should have gotten him on for this too. I mean, obviously it's a hectic week, but like, I need to hear like what 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 goes on in the announcer booth after something like that. Because like, I think I like that's a journalism jinx or something or a broadcaster jinx, where that's like once he said that you're kind of like oh like no Cross Ferrari is going to score the game winning goal now. It's kind of yeah, like so maybe, the, so maybe oh, he yeah he's he's a perfect. 59 for 59 from inside 30 for this field goal. And then he misses the field goal. That's yeah. broadcasting. Like, it happens all the time. Maybe it's Kark just, knew exactly what he was doing. It's just lacrosse is the most sensitive fan base of all time. And they're like, oh, I could do it so much better than anybody else could. I Because my buddy played for Syracuse for four years. It's, <laughs> shut up. Nobody cares. You're a loser. Cork is the man. 
nobody better in the business. Nobody helps grow the game more than him. Um, but yeah, uh, that that was that was awesome. Good good for Cross Ferrar, and I mean, I hope that he gets some run out of the box because if you're not leaving Dylan Malloy on the field right now, the the championship series MVP, I don't know what you're doing. Um, real quick, I I have a take on rookies. Um, I do think that. All right, so we, we come out here in week one, big week for, for the Rooks. A lot of guys, uh, we, we saw Xander Dixon have a huge game for the Atlas. Uh, I mean, obviously all the guys that we've already mentioned so far, I'm trying to think if there's like anybody else that we're missing out on who who really popped as a Tucker. rookie. Tucker, yeah, Sam Handley. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned those guys le- yep. leading up okay. to the uh, – I mean, But, but, but so – yep, go ahead. Uh, for everyone aware, my brain doesn't work. It's uh, the earliest recording we've ever done. So just <laughs> bear with me. And and you're in Isle of Palms. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. hard to be really dialed in there. Um, yeah. But my take is, I will say that as far as, like, I, I think that pro lacrosse, especially right now, it's completely flipped from any other sport as to what we can expect out of rookies right out of the gate. Like, I think... Like any other any other sport, like a rookie comes in and like right off the bat, they're like they're like trying to figure out this new league. Uh, kind of taking them a while to get their feet under them. Halfway through the season, you see them start to piece some things together, and then by the end of the season, you're like, okay, like they figured they figured this out. When it comes to pro lacrosse, like you've like rookies are coming into the PLL, they're the most in shape out of anybody in the league. Uh, they're the most game ready out of anybody in the league. Like they just got done playing a season. Some of them, maybe a couple weeks ago, some of them as soon as like five or six days ago. So um, I mean, the fact that these guys are coming in right off the bat, like game ready and in shape definitely gives them a little bit of a bump in the beginning of the season. And then I think towards the end of like, Towards the end of the season, it's going to be a really long year for a lot of these guys where the, you know, your college season started in January. You've been playing games February through May, uh, and then you make the jump to the PLL and then you're traveling and you've got graduation and this and that. Like by the time that August and September rolls around, like that's a long fucking time for for some of these kids. So uh, like I, I just don't want people to see Cross Ferrara scoring two goals and adding two assists in this PLL de- debut. And then by the time that August rolls around, like maybe, maybe starts to get gassed a little bit and the production isn't quite there. And people being like, Oh, like he just had like a lucky week. Like it's no, he's a fucking sick son of a bitch with a lacrosse stick in his hands. It's just at that point, he'll be playing lacrosse nonstop for eight full months. So my take is actually that he's similar, but the, wouldn't you say better shape? I think that's cardio wise. So these guys just had a huge week, like with training camp. These guys are dead. I think that, I think that gets underplayed a little bit. You can't take these games almost too seriously. I mean, obviously, the tired legs. Everybody has tired legs, but I think that it's it's a long week for these guys with practice, beating each other up for like every single day, all day. Um, second, so I think that helps the rookies a lot because they just have better better cardio right now. There's still men out there, like. The, like the 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 pros are still bigger, faster, stronger. And by by the end of the year, I think that like it, it's going to even itself out once these guys get their legs going. It's kind of like what Bronigan talks about. He's like, I need I need six games, and then he's like, then I'm back into it. I'm back into basketball shape. These guys just need to get into lacrosse shape again. And a lot of the rookies are already in lacrosse shape. When the veterans are come back into lacrosse shape, it, it's over. Like yeah. you'll see this. You'll see the separation in. Uh, in, in this again, but yeah, I, I, I agree to you to an extent. I, I thought that. Yeah. And, and obviously we'll say, like, this is going to be a weirder year than usual uh, because we have uh, you know, we, we, we've got a couple big breaks in there in terms of, so we got the world championships coming up uh, kind of end of June, beginning of July. Then you've got, you know, obviously a, a little bit of a break for the all-star game and shit like that. So a little bit of a different year. So we'll, we'll see if, uh, you know, those couple, cause like cross Ferrar is not playing world championship. Um, He's not. D- does he have, uh, maybe, well, no, like maybe he's got like some like Spanish descent to him and like, he can, right. uh, 
Right. And and he can play for Team Spain or something like that. But either way, like, so it, it will be nice to give some of these rookies a little bit of a break as the season goes on. Uh, but was definitely great to see a lot of those guys pitch in uh, right off the bat. So good for all those guys. Let's uh let's just go ahead. I, we're we're a little cramped on time today, right. so let's just jump right into our week two preview. The boys heading down to Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, oh, did, did a little did a little bit of research on this. Yep. Uh, weather not too bad. Should be you know eighty mid mid to low eighties. Uh, pretty pretty standard for the summer. Idiot or Steve Bonner? Uh, Steve Bonner? Yeah. So, sometimes, sometimes I have to like. Sometimes I have to scroll past. Sometimes I have to scroll past Stu because if I'm out in public, I don't want to listen to it on full volume, and people think that I'm a lunatic. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I I miss some Stu content throughout the week, but yeah. So Charlotte, mid to low 80s, boys should be fine in that one. Um, we've got four games on the weekend. We've got Friday night slate, and then we've got Saturday uh, late afternoon games. So starting off, we've got Chrome taking on archers. I think the, one of the cool things about this weekend, we will end with only two undefeated teams and we will end with only two teams without a win because all of the teams that won last weekend are playing against each other. All of the teams that lost last weekend are playing against each other. So we've got Chrome, uh, coming off of their win with that big time cross for our goal with just six seconds left, they'll be taking on the Archers. Uh, Archers, they had the biggest shit pumping of the week last week. It was only by three goals. The fact that yeah. we got you know three out of three out of four games all came down to one goal, uh, and the, and the only other game was still a two possession game. Really good opening weekend for the league. But uh, Archers coming off that quote unquote shit pumping over the Cannons, uh, we've got Chrome. Coming in here as the favored uh, on the spread, we've got minus one and a half. All these odds brought to us by the Barstool Sportsbook. Make sure that you are responsible, are gambling responsibly. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, make sure to call one eight hundred Gambler. Chrome on the spread minus one and a half, but you can get that juice at plus one twenty. Uh, on the money line, we've got Chrome minus one eighteen, Archers minus one oh eight. Total on this one twenty four and a half. Uh, so. I think anyone who watched the past weekend of lacrosse should expect to see a lot of tight lines, uh, tight spreads in, in, in this week because the league is about as tight as ever. Uh, I, I think that right now the biggest question is just, you know, it, it's got to be the event injury. Obviously, Dukes, you already mentioned, like you have guys like Tom Schreiber and Matt Moore who can easily – I, not, I don't want to say easily replaced because that's almost disrespectful to Grant. It's not a bad replacement. Yeah, but it's not a bad replacement. Um, but it's, it's still a, just it's kinda, not a problem to have. Yeah, but it still kind of changes up your flow and what you want to have. Like if you move okay. Tom Schreiber down to attack, like it just kind of changes what you were able to do, ta- uh, you know, attacking from up top. Um, so, I mean, definitely just adds a little bit of a wrinkle in there. And maybe, maybe Grant's fine. Maybe he's – 80%, maybe he's 50%, like who knows. Um, but that would be my biggest thing heading into this game. Um, I'll tell you what, the as much as I love both of these offenses, as many weapons are out there, I've come along on Sean Scannone. I'm not a I'm not a Scannone doubter anymore. Um, he, he's proven that he can play in the championship series. He looked pretty solid last week, and I fucking love Brett Dobson, friend of the program, by the way. But Brett Dobson is going to be a problem. I think that he is uh, a very he he won't be an underrated piece to this Archers team moving forward. I think it's really easy to always talk about the Archers offense, right. uh, but moving forward, I think a lot of it is going to be how can other teams beat Brett Dobson. Yeah, I think just this, this, what the Archers were able to get from their specialists last week uh, was huge. In, in, in a game that I, I don't know how, what, what my real read is, but when both of your specialists played the way they did and it was only by three goals with the talent that the Archers have, it's kind of like, wait, like, I feel like it should have been a, a little bit more. But, yeah, Dobson had a hell of a uh, professional starting debut i want to say maybe he started one random game last year don't quote me on that he, i think he got I like one he game last year but but either way like it was a come on guys let's yeah. let's call this let's call this one it's a way better story yeah all of an Dude, you're in the isle of palms you can say yeah. whatever you want I, literally everything has to be taken with a grain of salt today i, I already <laughs> warned the people 
But yeah, I think that Dobson's a stud. Um, I, again, I've said it. I, I love guys from like low major schools that see a lot of shots. That and he, he was like a rookie of the year, I want to say, in the NLL. So look, who's another go- goalie that's a stud in box at goal comes to the field and dominates? Dylan Ward. So like, yeah, I, I think Dobson had a uh, a great weekend. Um, in in this game, I think it's the, it's interesting because you got obviously the immense factor. Um, but it's tough. This is, this is, this is probably one of the tougher reads of the weekend. Um, but I'm going to go with the archers here just purely based off of in my brain. I feel like Sisselberger is a great matchup against Connor Farrell. Um, I, that doesn't really, I have no, nothing to really base that off of besides they're both meatheads. And Sisselberger had like just like seems a little bit quicker, so I'm just gonna go with that. As a guy that doesn't really know much about faceoffs, that's the dogs. Sorry about that, but uh, little charming factor. But uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go with Sisselberger. I think Dobson plays the way he did. Uh, yeah, and I'll bet on the archers. Yeah, sounds sounds like those pups are uh, they're 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 Mom big time milk. Yeah. They're 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 milkman stands. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they, they, they don't <laughs> they, they don't like you not here. We talk about the water dogs. Yeah, they don't like you talking talking that trash on Connor Farrell, Long Island guy too. I mean, the fact that you would go so with the the the, the Philly, this? the I mean, borderline Philly. Uh, Philly, we do like to grab everyone who's like somewhat close. I, I feel like sis is from like an hour outside of Philly, but the fact that you'd go with him over, over your fellow Flid is uh, pr- pretty telling on how high you are on the missile burger. Uh, right. I, I like that take a lot. I, I think, I mean, listen, it wouldn't be the, the worst, uh, the, the, the worst game plan this week to just take all the plus one and a halfs. You know, we, we've got, we, we've got, we've got a lot of one goal games here and like maybe, Maybe we can't. Maybe that's not sustainable all summer. But on the other hand, have you ever thought maybe it is? Like maybe we just get an entire summer of one goal games every single week. Um, with with the amount of talent, uh, dudes, you're kind of talking right now with your with your mic muted. But um, with yeah, the I amount of talent, year, yeah, the amount of overtime games. There's like every single game was overtime. So like it's not that crazy. No, not at all. Uh, all right. So it sounds like we're. Uh, I'm gonna just. I'm not, I'm going to be a bit of a coward here. I'm just going to stick with uh, archers plus one and a half and, and a sneaky under on this one. I think, uh, you know, I, I like both goalies. I could see like a, like a 12, 11 final. Um, so something kind of right close to the number, uh, but I, I don't see it quite as much of a goal fest. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like archers plus one and a half and I'll, I'll sneak the under in there uh, coming up. Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Oh, by the way, uh, so the both Friday night games are on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so Chrome and Archers at 6 p.m., Water Dogs and Redwoods at 8.30 p.m. Water Dogs getting off to a, a weird start to the season. Uh, obviously, you know, they pick up an overtime win in the championship rematch over the Chaos when we were talking about them heading into the season, obviously they were going to be without Dylan Ward. Uh, and, and that was going to be a little tough for them to overcome. We thought in net, uh, you know, and we kind of knew that the you know, and, and we thought that the chaos weren't going to be, uh, you know, just tear, you know, putting shots and shots and shots galore up with all the guys that they were missing. Uh, but, you know, water dogs offense just didn't really seem to be clicking out of the gates. Uh, pretty sure they went in the middle of the game. They went, a, so they went a full two quarters where they only scored one time. It was a Connor Kelly two-pointer. Obviously a lot of that has to do with the fact that Blaze Reardon was in net for chaos. Uh, he had 18 saves on the day, uh, save percentage for Blazer. I want to say he was somewhere in the seventies. Right. I could be wrong trying to bring that up right now, but uh, yeah, I, I think he was. Yeah. So 72% for Blaze. Like obviously, there, there's not much you can do about that as an offense when you're playing against mm-hmm. the best goalie in the world. Uh, still, though, just I don't know. We left a little bit to be desired from the Water Dogs. Uh, Redwoods coming out. We talked about Garnsey. Uh, right. I think Westberg really. I mean, Westberg went three for three uh, last weekend, so he's he's got himself going. Uh, Nakai had a really good week. So, uh, and then obviously that defense being able to 
you know, contain guys like, uh, you know, like Jeff Teat and, and like Chris Gray. And obviously they got theirs, but still did a pretty solid job against uh, a, a really good Atlas team. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, I think Redwoods might just be my squad this year. Um, re- really love what they've got going on. Uh, I think Jack Kelly looked great in, in net. He I did look great. That, uh, yeah. He looked really good in net. I think anytime you have TD uh, that, that gives you a chance to get a few extra possessions, Love that offense. Love that defense. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm just a big, big Redwoods guy. Even though I'm wearing the Water Dog shirt right now, so I'm I'm just gonna go uh, on Barstool Sportsbook app. We've got uh, Water Dogs on the spread minus one and a half, but that's at plus one ten value. Uh, Redwoods plus one and a half at minus one thirty nine. On the money line, we've got Water Dogs favored minus one thirty four. Redwoods at plus one hundred five, and another total of twenty four and a half on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Redwoods money line guy. All, yeah, I'm taking, all, all year long. I'm taking Dogs minus one and a half. Uh, look, the, the only thing that worries me, I do like the Redwoods this year, and I do like the Archers. Still a Dogs guy. I'm just like from just my perspective of thinking, I do think the Archers and Redwoods could be good bets to win it all, but. My only thing with the Redwoods is, is that outside of Ryder Garnsey, and this is a big what if, outside of Ryder Garnsey scoring six goals, really how did the offense look? That's that's the way that I kind of was watching the Redwoods. I don't know. Rob Pinnell had four four helpers, but they just didn't really look shooting-wise that efficient. So I'm worried that if you, you bet on a team like – I can't hear you. What you say? Aside from Westburg going three for three, pretty yeah. efficient, if you ask me. Yeah, no, but that's that's that that's the stat that I think I saw is like besides like besides outside of like Ryder and West, I think they went like eleven of forty eight or something. Okay, or well, yeah. So here we go. All right, so Pinnell goes zero for seven, um, not great. Nakai went zero for five, but you know he pitched. I mean, both of those guys though they pitch in. Seven assists. Now, right, um, right. I, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how many of those assists were like they For passed sure. the Ryder, and then Ryder did something ridiculous, and then they just got the assist from. So I don't know. I'd have to like go back and like see like how, but I, yeah. I'd imagine that assists from Pinnell and and Nakai are both pretty much like they they got the job done on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, Jules went one for three. Would like to see him get involved a little bit more. Uh, Miles Jones only took two shots on, on the day. Uh, Chucky Bertrand had three on the day. Perk only took two shots on the day. So, um, yeah, and like kind of crazy that they weren't trying to to get some shots from a little bit deeper anyway, uh, just because of, uh, you know, the uh, we've mentioned plenty of times before, Kincannon, not great. Um, from outside but awesome and tight so you would think that maybe the game plan would have been a little bit more hey let's see if we can get some volume shots from two but maybe that that game plan went out the window once they were like okay now like riders got us just give that man the ball and let him do something so um i don't know I, I don't think you can hold all those guys to those low shooting percentage numbers the whole season so i'm i'm gonna bet on them uh, to to kind of turn that around, but I also understand you saying, well, yeah, like maybe maybe they're not like maybe just Ryder put the team on his back, and maybe he made up for uh, a a lack of just assassins on the on the Redwoods offense. So and would like to see would like to see some of those guys kind of flip the switch a little bit more this this weekend for sure. And that's also my thought process with the World Champs is that like the offense will come back alive. You just went against the best goalie in the world, who's always hungry week one when he knows that his NLL guys are going to be out for like maybe a week or two. So uh, yeah. And then coming back, obviously the X factor is, is Dylan Ward ready for field play right now. I mean, like I don't think DeLuke has really played a full great game in the pros. I think there was one game last year that he, he really came alive. It was like the game before Ward came back in, but what a game out of uh, DeLuca. He looked like one of the best tendies this weekend as well. Uh, I, I want to give him some love, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's still, even with the replacements that the chaos have, like that's, there's good pros out there, and I'm happy that Will Perry's still on the roster. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ride with the the dogs. I think that Deluca will probably start though. Yeah. Um, also, just I, I'd imagine that Dylan Ward losing the NLL finals. Um, I mean, obviously last year he won the NLL finals, and then uh, what was a was a toe of dog uh, in the PLL season, and then won that as well. So 
but I, I feel like it's even worse for shooters now that he lost that NLL finals will be coming in a little pissed off into the season. Um, so would, would be expecting another massive year out of Dylan Ward, but what else is new? Uh, so yeah, so those are the Friday night games, both on ESPN plus that brings us into Saturday afternoon on ABC also streaming on ESPN plus if, uh, Hopefully for me, I'll be on a bus ride home after uh, coaching, helping coaching my team to a uh, state quarterfinals win. Uh, so hopefully I'll be, I'll be able to stream this game on the bus ride home on ESPN+. Plus. But anyone who's at home or at the bar or wherever you might be that there's a TV set up, this game will be on ABC. We've got the Whip Snakes taking on the Atlas. Whip Snakes losing a tight one to the Chrome in their opener. Uh, Atlas losing a, a tight one to the Redwoods. Uh, Whips right now on the uh, – actually, Atlas on the Barstool Sportsbook on the spread, uh, minus one and a half, but value there plus 115. Uh, Whip Snakes are minus 148 on their plus one and a half spread. On the money line, we've got Atlas minus 121. Whips at minus 106. Uh, total – a little bit lower for the Saturday games at 23 and a half. Uh, Whip snakes should be getting Zed back. I, I don't know if I've seen that for sure. Yep. Um, and Atlas, I mean, they'll, they'll be coming in with, uh, well, almost the, not, not exactly the same roster that they just played against uh, the Redwoods with. So they'll be no longer with CVR, Cade Van Rapports getting released. Uh, Dukes, I, I know that you have some thoughts on that, uh, but also um, picking up Steven Rafus out of the player pool after Rafus was, was also released earlier this week. So they add one, they lose one. Um, and then whip snakes, I guess we'll wait and see. We're recording this on Wednesday. I don't know if it's can't come out yet. Uh, if Zed will be back. So maybe Dukes, as you give your thoughts on, uh, may, maybe the CVR release, I'll, I'll see if we can figure out if Zed's in this game or not. What I, I really don't know what, what Pressler is doing. I think that Pressler is a hardo that's just going off after the same type of player. Like if you look like, and this isn't a bad thing on any of these players, it's like their identities, but like Makar. Adler, Gherkin, it's like you clearly have like a hard on for a certain type of player. Um, I think that CDR is one of the best transition poles. I think that he's great off ball. Uh, I get that like if you if it's an open secret, if you know like everyone knows that you want to get rid of him and you're not going to play him, there's probably no trade value there. But in the same, same sense, how do you not try to get anything out of him? Um, just mind-boggling questions. I really don't think – I think this Pressler thing, and I could see this also being like at the end of the year, the Atlas win it all. And like they have my tweets plastered all over the place for like motivation, being like, no one count us out. No, no, I'm going to, I'll be early on this. I count you guys out with the, the team that they have. I think that they have absolutely botched in the past two years. Um, I think that this Pressler thing, this maybe a year. I don't, it, I don't even, I don't know if he cares. I, like, may, like they have to start doing like either coach and GM roles, but. For how Ben Rubio set them up for success with what, he, with the robbery that he did against the Cannons and the way that they were botching it, and again, I'm not saying this is like a thing against Adler and uh, Makar, but how do you take two poles at one and three, and then how do you take Dirk and keep Durkin on the roster when he's probably going to retire within the next year or two? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I guess, I guess you need, like, me. All right, so it's it's like you bring in. Uh, Adler and Makar and you're like, all right, so now, now we've got our two poles for the future, but like, you still need that mainstay, that veteran present, like got to, got to teach those guys how to be pros. Um, you know, and, and granted they're coming from two great programs that pretty much treat it like the pros anyway. Like I'm, I'm sure that Makar playing under Tillman for so long treats the game like a pro. I'm sure that, uh, Adler getting all those years with Connor Busick, who was, um, you know, just a, a great pro himself kind of understands that. But like, I, I get like, you want to keep Durkin on to kind of usher in that, that new. So maybe that's kind of like a, a plan for the future to keep him around. Um, yeah. I mean, he looked like he was caught in some, some bad spots against the Redwoods last week. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe that's just more of a long-term thing. I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I still think you just get, I, th I think you just ride that offense. Um, 
as much as you can and, and you just hope that you uh get get a few extra possessions uh you know you hope that maybe trevor can kind of stay on in those early possessions off the face off get him involved a little bit more and just keep riding that offense and hope you can just outscore everyone and it didn't work last weekend because Ryder garnsey decided to score six um so i think it's still a little too early to to really now i, I said nothing I, about I, the I, offense i said nothing about the offense to be fair that offense can win you a championship. Um, there's just some questions with like the the G, not even the GM. There's a questions with the GM. I'm not not out on the coach. I'm out on the GM. GM out. All right, and Michael, then, but Michael then Pressler also, out. But, Mike in. Yeah, but also then like yeah, you you just have to really give Tucker a more limited role while he's on the field because like he's you're basically using him as a coach on the field. So right. you, you just like can't have him get matched up against like the best player. Um, yeah, I mean, whip snakes in this one. So they will be getting, so Zed has been moved to the 25 man roster. So would expect to see him out there. Um, I mean, Chad and Chuck had, had a great performance uh, last weekend. A uh, couple, couple good uh, additions for the whip snakes. They, they got some good looks out of uh, Will Manny and obviously Tucker Dordovet coming in. High volume shots uh, only went fifteen percent, but you know you shoot thirteen times with a with the cannon like he has. You can expect to to put in at least a couple of them. Um, you know, That's- would imagine would imagine like now that he's got some of those nerves out of the way too. Uh, a few more of those will drop. Then you add Zed to that offense. Um, I mean, defensively. Whip snakes are are always going to be really solid as long as you have uh, you know Earhart out there. So. Uh, trying to think, what what did they do in the fa- with faceoffs last week? Uh, uh, all right, so so P- PD PD went thirteen for twenty four uh, against Connor Farrell. So yeah, I mean, kind of kind of split it right down the middle, uh, and so he'll be going up. Um, what, what what's that? He'll he'll be going up against uh, Trevor in this one. I think that he'll be he'll be fine against Trevor. I think. Yeah. So I think uh, that- yeah. And then I also think that but this is my lock of the weekend actually is whip snakes plus one and a half uh, and, and whip snakes money line. If um, it's whip snakes money line, let's say they win by one. Actually here, here's, I, I, I want you to give your take on like lock of the week. Will Garrett Ledman score a controversial goal? Uh, if Maddie Palin's the ref, yes. Cause we saw, I mean, obviously we all saw it against Penn state with the overtime game winner, allegedly. Uh, and then last week, Garrett Ledman just absolutely crushed the corner, the bottom as bottom right on the goal as you can possibly hit to the point where I don't know if it actually went in or not. So Garrett Ledman currently leads all across players on the planet with controversial goals. So uh, would love to see him get another one. Uh, th- this week and just be full-blown joker mode so, some men just want to watch the world burn and that is garrett ledman yeah and then uh yeah and then if you're also in the charlotte area make sure that you check out the bar down lounge billy will be down there um should be a great weekend friday and saturday i know that the goals will be flowing the beers will be flowing and uh it's the best place to watch the cross game but uh yeah all right, and uh, be- best deal in America too. I mean, uh, you're you're stealing from the and there's and there's more. De- and from what I understand, I, I've brought some feedback and some maybe some better deals because I'm a man of the people. Like a modern day Robin Hood. Yeah. Uh, all right, and that brings us into the final game of the weekend, Saturday, five thirty p.m. on ESPN Plus. We've got the Chouse taking on Cannons. Uh, from what I've seen on social, it seems like a lot of the Bandits players will be making their return uh, to the Chaos roster. I think that the Chaos, they released uh, six guys from their roster this yes. last week. That, that opens up the, the way for all six of those Bandit boys to come back to the, to the roster. Uh, now, we'll see how much they actually have in the tank uh, to be playing in, in Charlotte. Uh, this weekend, it seems like uh, last time I saw the boys were on the golf course uh, using the NLL Cup trophy as a ball marker on the greens, uh, getting getting plenty, plenty of adult beverages out of the NLL Cup. So they've been having a good week, as they should. Uh, they, they've earned it. I mean, the, the Buffalo Bandits right now, they're the best ball club 
in the world. Uh, like out of any team, they're the most dominant, uh, the best setup. So congrats to the bandits and those boys will be coming in hot and heavy uh, to this chaos roster as they take on the cannons. I mean, cannons, new look cannons. Uh, you know, you, you've got coach Holman there led by, you know, you got Marcus Holman and, and a couple other veterans kind of leading the way down there uh, with, uh, with great. yeah, Asher had a great game. So new look cannons, they looked solid in the, in the opener against the archers. Um, probably benefited a little bit from archers taking a little while to get themselves going offensively, right? Like archers didn't score a goal in that first quarter. And then they started to kind of pour it on a little bit. Uh, but cannons looked like a team that's going to be pesky all season long. I think that that's, that's really what you can expect out of this Cannons team is that they're, they're always going to be pesky. They're always going to give you a battle. Uh, and the fact that the chaos, they've got their guys back, no doubt about it. Um, but we'll, we'll just see how much they actually have in the tank. So I think a pesky Cannons team, hungry for a win, chaos roster coming in, still riding the high off the NLL finals, uh, might open up the door for the Cannons to get, to get a win here. If we're going on based on the Barstool Sportsbook app, we've got uh, chaos on the spread, minus one and a half at plus 105 value. Cannons plus one and a half at minus 134. Money line, we've got chaos favored at minus 139. Cannons at plus 110. Over on, on this one, total is at 23 and a half. Uh, just expect every single total with Blaze Reardon between the pipes to be the lowest of the weekend. And for Adam Goodman to be in the box at least twice. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I like the cannons in this one. I think that they'll just be competitive throughout the entire year and they'll squeak out some win, wins. I do like to make up their team. I'm interested to see if they get CVR on their roster. Uh, I think that would be a great pickup for them and could potentially get them over their potential win total, uh, whatever that may be. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, – I think the cannons are, are, are the bet this weekend. Uh Let's just, and again, when you have Blaze Reardon in between the pipes, you can always steal a win. You can always get a win. He can always get you over the cusp of a win. So you you never know betting against the chaos. It's it's a scary it's a scary game. You don't you don't get rich betting against Blaze Reardon, um, especially against the spread. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the cannons with the points. Yeah, I mean that that lineup led by Holman, Nolting, and Drenner. So five points each for Holman and Nolting. Uh, four out of Drenner. Think you know we, we can expect a lot of that this year. Uh, you know Marcus obviously getting a little bit up there in age, uh, but he's still still a guy who's going to you know put up shots and still a a, a tough shot for goalies to stop in this league. Uh, Asher, I don't I don't know I, I think uh, I don't want to say because he still had a really good rookie season, right? But it, but when everyone, when he got drafted to the Cannons last year, everyone was like, oh, like what a waste of a pick with Asher. Like, you know, he's not going to be able to, to, he's not going to be able to play on a team with Lyle because Lyle always needs the ball and so does Asher. And obviously this year without Lyle on, on the roster, it does open up uh, more opportunities for, for Asher to have the ball on his stick. And that's, you know, proven by four assists in the, in the season opener. Um, but I think either way, like even if Lyle was still in this team, like Asher, he's so fucking good at the sport of lacrosse, like um, still. In a, so I don't know. A lot, a lot of people eating crow on that one. And yeah, Drenner with the keys to the offense, uh, three goals on five shots out of him. So I, I like the pesky cannons. They're, they're going to be due for a few wins this year. I think that they're all going to be tight. Like I, I don't think we're yeah. ever going to expect the cannons to go out there and, and beat a team by five. Like if, if they win a game, it's going to be coming down to that last possession. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like cannons money line on this one. Uh, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm never going to touch the, the, over. Uh, it, I'll either always go under in chaos games or just won't touch the total at all. Cause right. it feels, uh, like sacrilege to, to take an over in a game with blaze. Uh, yeah, I mean, defensively though, for for chaos, like they're they're big, they're bad, they're physical. Um, you know, Jack Rowlett, crazy stick on that man. Um, Jared Newman, lay, lay in the body. So definitely uh, going to be a greasy game in that one for sure. So should be a good one to close out the weekend with. But yeah, I like Cannon's money line. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with the Cannons. Uh, should be a great weekend again. If you're in the Charlotte area, get down to the Bar Down Lounge. It's a great place to watch a game. I seriously could not endorse it enough. Uh, it's a silly deal. It's legitimate robbery from the league. Um, take it while you can because I don't know how many years this will be going on. And, uh, yeah, go, go, like if you see Billy, just send me videos. Tag me, Jordy, the crease dive. Just send us videos of you chugging against Billy. We want to see it. Uh, we want to see that he's entertaining the clients. We want to see that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and that's uh, drinking as many beers as he can in uh, in between two lacrosse games. I did my job last week when Billy wasn't there. Now Billy's got to do his. Hashtag do your job. Uh, yeah, if you listen to the full episode, hit us up on uh, on, on Twitter and Instagram maybe uh, with, with the hashtag do your job. Uh, we're at the Crease Dive on both Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you're checking us out on TikTok. Stool Crease Dive there. Let's keep hammering up those subscriptions on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, yes, like, do, do all that shit. That helps the boys with the algorithm. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out.